With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick! Sorry, kids! Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Connecting with Coincidence radio show with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, bringing together the world's synchronicity experts to help you use meaningful coincidences to develop spiritually, psychologically, and practically. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence into your web browser to find the book, website, Psychology Today blog, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. And now, here is the host of the Connecting with Coincidence radio show, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Uh, welcome to Connecting with Coincidence. Yes, I am your host, Bernie Beitman, MD. I'm a psychiatrist in private practice and on the faculty at the University of Virginia. Carl Jung introduced the Western world to synchronicity, and the rock band The Police popularized the idea in their album, also called Synchronicity. They were followed by numerous books, articles, movies, and videos. Why this growing interest? Uh, weird coincidences are message, messages to us earthlings about the true nature of reality, messages we can try to decode. They tell us that our minds are interconnected and are part of a greater mind that I call the psychosphere, that each of us has hidden powers and abilities. Look for their helpful advice, their evidence for deep connections with those you love. To learn more about this idea, put Connecting with Coincidence in your web browser to read my Psychology Today blog and my book, also called Connecting with Coincidence. To see how sensitive you are to coincidences, go to my website to take the Weird Coincidence Survey. Connect with Coincidence, synchronicity spoken here. Our guest today is Bonnie McEnany, who was, a senior vice, who was a senior vice president at MasterCard Worldwide after beginning her career at American Express. In 2006, Bonnie retired from corporate life to spend more time with her family and work on several 9-11-related initiatives. Her late husband, Eamon McEnany, a Cantor Fitzgerald executive and a legendary member of the Lacrosse Hall of Fame, was killed in the 9-11 attacks. Bonnie is the author of the New York Times bestseller, Messages, Signs, Visits, and Premonitions from Loved Ones Lost on 9-11, and was an executive producer of a TV special based on her book for the A&E Network, also, be, also called Beyond Messages from 9-11. It was aired in 44 countries during the 10th anniversary week of 9-11. Messages also made the New York Times bestseller list for ebooks and remains a leading seller for the 9-11 books today. She continues to speak on inspirational topics related to spirituality and bereavement and has begun work on a screenplay by, based on the book. Additionally, Bonnie created a volume of her husband's poetry, Abandon the Road, which sold out its two printings. Bonnie is past recipient of the YMCA Woman of the Year and is board member of Voices of September 11th. 
Welcome to the show, Bonnie. Thank you so much for having me, Bernie. And thank you for being on with me, Bonnie. Yeah, you contacted me uh, a while ago because you thought you could help me with the development of coincidence studies. Uh, being on the radio with me is a very concrete step in that direction. What other ideas do you have of how we can work together? Well, first of all, I think uh, coincidences happen to everyone. People can choose to acknowledge them or ignore them. But I think it's important to understand that they can be clues from the universe that help guide us along our life's journey, if you're receptive to that concept. And I think through my research in interviewing over 200 family members of victims and friends of victims of 9-11, and subsequently hundreds more, um, you know, the vast majority of them, when they experience what we call a synchronistic event, uh, have a beneficial aspect of it in, in the sense of uh, what, whatever they believe the meaning is to them, it's a positive uh, for them in terms of, of their life in general. Uh, and so I think my work uh, can help you by validating the notion that coincidences themselves are more than just random events. They actually do have meaning that can be beneficial to the person experiencing them. That's the key point uh, that you state and I have been doing for quite a long time, is that coincidences, meaningful coincidences, synchronicities can be helpful in our life's journey. And what you've done within the horror of 9-11 and all the losses you and others have sustained is that synchronicities, coincidences can be helpful in the grieving process. Yes, that's, that's very true, because without exception, anybody that I interviewed who believed that they experienced a sign and was a form of coincidence uh, from the individual who they lost, that made them feel better, uh, simply enough. They believed that they were still connected to that individual. And when you think about it, there's no stronger force in the universe than love. And perhaps love is the only force that can transcend the divide and keep people connected, even if they pass on to the other side. You know, I mean, there's a lot of religious uh, connotation to this. But if you separate that out and just think of it as blanket spirituality, it really is whatever the individual believes is happening to them and the interpretation they place on the event itself. Um, I wanted to comment. There are several forms of coincidences, synchronistic events that I experienced in doing my work um, with other people. And they come in the form of premonitions. They come in the form of signs. Uh, more specifically, and, you know, other types of occurrences, nature-related phenomena, electricity-related phenomena, um, finding coins with specific dates that have meaning. You know, there's a vast majority of types of events that fall under this category. But I wanted to mention premonitions. Um, before 9-11, many people had premonitions that perhaps their life would be cut short or something would occur that, uh, that was not in their best interest, causing um, acute anxiety. 
And when you look at Webster's definition of a coincidence, so to speak, they include a mental image of an unexpected event before it happens. So that, to me, is a premonition. Um, My husband had had a series of them, as did many others. Yes. Uh, And the title of your book um, includes premonitions. It includes signs like the electricity and and, uh, nature events. And it also includes visits. Uh, What do you mean by visits? Uh, I never experienced that phenomenon, but many others did where they actually saw their loved one's spirit after they passed on. And uh, for each of them, the experience was very similar, where the individual's presence appeared to them. Um, in most cases, they could see through the individual, so I guess our, our modern notion of what a ghost might look, look like. Uh-huh. Um, but in every case, uh, they got a message from the apparition, if you will, that reinforced to them that everything was fine, everything would be fine. They were in a good place, all positive. And I think our, our, you know, Hollywood version of this is, you know, fear-based. Not not one individual felt any negative feeling whatsoever. They all felt reinforced. Uh, They felt the love from that individual who they saw. Uh, So it's, it's just another thing that happens more than we talk about because society looks at this as, you know, not not so much unusual, but they they could never uh, occasionally negatively judge the individual with the experience. And that's the beautiful that's, thing. That's the beautiful thing to me about your book is that you have so many stories substantiating uh, kinds of coincidences that I describe and that have been described by others, and that the weight of the the details as well as the 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 event in which they happen helps add fuel to the fire of changing people's minds about events like this. Yeah, I think the main thing is, um, again, each person has to decide what they believe or don't believe. Um, This is not uh, a dogma or a doctrine we want everyone to to follow. They, They need to make that judgment themselves. But if they're open, it's just amazing what can happen. If they're open to this phenomenon, as being something that might help them in their lives. When they experience a coincidence and look at it differently um, in that context, it might be something they really could could use in their life. Uh, and that's such an important point, Bonnie, that, that what you're doing and what I'm trying to do is make people possibly open to the possibility that these things happen, just to know that they can. But it won't really change minds until they experience that particular event themselves, where they they have an experience of a coincidence that is beyond what regular science tells us, but is something like what we are describing. Yeah, you're completely right. I mean, we can hear about other individuals' experiences, and certainly that doesn't have the same impact as if we had one ourselves. And so I I think, you know, a lot of this, most of this, we don't really understand, to to be very blunt. I mean, this is way beyond our human understanding. But again, um to begin the process of comprehending what all of this means, you have to start by being open to it. 
being open to the possibilities. We've coming to the end of this segment um, and being open is part of what we're doing is helping people become open. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Bernie Beitman, MD, on the Exxon Broadcast Network. And our guest is Bonnie. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. live in rapidly shifting times of extreme volatility and uncertainty. Such profound change brings a unique opportunity for the evolution of consciousness. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, host of Mission Evolution Radio Show, a program that explores the latest scientific developments and deepening spiritual truths supporting human evolution. Join me on xzbn.net where I interview leading experts in science, physics, medicine, spirituality, and more. By applying divergent viewpoints to leading-edge topics, we uncover expansive and evolutionary truth to assist you on your path to enlightenment. More information and past episodes are available at missionevolution.org. Welcome back to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Bipman, MD, and our guest is Bonnie McEnany, who is the author of Messages, a book about the 200 or so people she interviewed about the impact of 9-11 losses on them. 
Now, Bonnie, we, we've been we've been talking about generally about things, but why don't you tell us about your coin experience that got you into doing what you're doing now? Well, um, I had many profound experiences, and I have to begin by saying I was a relative skeptic of all of this um, prior to the beginning of my own journey in this subject area. Um, so my husband, Eamon McEnany, um, was a Cantor Fitzgerald uh, employee who perished in the North Tower on the 105th floor. And he had a series of premonitions leading up to September 11th that he knew he wasn't going to be around much longer that his life was coming to a close, um, which when he communicated that to me, I thought, you know, he was falling into some sort of depression. And um, I didn't realize that he was picking up some form of energy that was giving him that knowledge. He didn't have the specific details. So the Sunday before September 11th was the premiere of that wonderful I'm, I'm movie. Gonna, I'm going inter- to interrupt you here because uh, we both know the story, but some form of energy. What do you think that might be now after all these interviews and discussions with people? I don't know. I, I certainly don't understand it, but I did, do know that there is a con- common denominator of uh, tension that occurred across many people shortly before September 11th occurred. People's behavior started to change. Their, their spouses or significant others would say that they seemed tense. It appeared in their writings with, with regard to some of these individuals. Um, or they actually, in the case of my husband, spoke about the fact that they knew they wouldn't be around much longer. So what was that energy? Were they picking up the movements of the terrorists in the field um, as they planned the attacks? Were they getting guidance from a higher power? I absolutely don't know, but clearly something was going on. The way you describe it, I see a cloud, a cloud of a different form of energy vibration that is like... Um, that is like going through everybody um, and, and somehow it targets the people who are about to be affected. But please continue with, uh, with what happened with the coin. Yeah, and, and we can go, certainly go back to this because I think it, it deserves um, more conversation. Oh, yeah. Um, so anyway, so the, so the, the Spielberg uh, Wonderful Miniseries Band of Brothers premiered the Sunday before 9-11. So what was that? September 9th, I guess. And the episode that we were watching was revolved around D-Day, June 6, 1944, where um, these young guys from Company E, their paratroopers, parachuted out of the planes down into Normandy. And my husband turned to me and he said, you know, many of those young boys were only 17 years old. He said, they probably were terrified. I want you to know that I'm prepared for my death. I can handle it now. And it was really the last serious exchange we had before he died. And I, I just thought, oh, my God, you know, I didn't know what, what was happening, what was happening to him. It was a very emotional exchange. So years later when um, I decided to write this book because I I was collecting stories from all these individuals and I was a corporate executive. I had no idea I'd ever be doing something like this. I I, um, left my my job. I'd been there 21 years and to pursue this, um, it was a summer's evening um, that year and I 
was just sort of doubting myself, like, why did I do this? Was this ridiculous, et cetera, et cetera? And I was having dinner with a number of people at a local golf club. We were outside. And as you know, in these clubs, the money isn't exchanged. People sign for their meals or whatever. Um, there's no credit cards used or anything like that. So we were sitting there and we were talking about the subject of my book and specifically finding coins as a message from a departed loved one. And one of the individuals there who actually worked in the U.S. government um, pulled out a card and on it were a number of dimes that were taped to it that he said he found after the death of his father, and he knew it was his father communicating with him. So that was the nature of the conversation. And I had started it out by telling them about the, the D-Day uh, conversation I had with Eamon and how, how amazing it was, his premonition, or series of premonitions he had. So it was time to order, and uh, the, the waiters come, and they give us these big leather menus, and we're still talking. And someone said, we better order. They're going to close the kitchen. So I opened my menu, and the person next to me looked down, had this surprised look in his face. I looked down myself, and there was a penny in the middle of my menu. And people, because the conversation had been about that, and these waiters couldn't have heard us. They were way over in the corner. Um, we were all kind of startled, and somebody said, well, what does it say on it? What's the date? And I picked the penny up, and it was 1944, the same year as D-Day, I, I almost fell off my chair. I, I, it was one of the most emotional experiences I ever had with regard to this subject matter because I knew right then and there this was a message to keep going. Um, I mean, first of all, 1944 pennies are out of circulation, let alone finding one in your menu when you're talking about it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. so yeah. there you go. Yeah, and that's a life-changing coincidence to find it in there. Just even thinking about the waiter's overhearing your conversation because <laughs> it's going to be impossible for them to come up with a coin like that. That's right. It was a wheat penny, you know, with the wheat around. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, and I, of course, being a skeptic, I, I started to say, well, maybe somebody had a coin collection. They were showing the coins at dinner and one got stuck in the, I mean, crazy stuff. You know, I, it, it, it was clearly a sign. Um, and so, you know, when I say that if you're open to these these events when they occur, um, and you find meaning in them, um, I, I think that's a wonderful thing if that meaning is positive and can help you along your life's journey. I, 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 there's a there's a slight difference in our thinking here that I want to point out. Uh, <clears throat> being open, uh, being open is not something that everybody is. But there are people who are on the bridge of being open, who, who may possibly be open. Sometimes they become open when something very dramatic happens. And they haven't, they've been skeptical. Uh, a story of a skeptic who was about to get married and a, a dead radio came on in a way that was very meaningful to both him and his, his, his about-to-be bride. Um, and that didn't even change his mind very much. Uh, he was still had to make his living as a skeptic. But he did have to think about it because there was no good explanation for it, just like with your penny. So there can be dramatic ones, but the coincidences that people in regular life feel are generally less dramatic like than, than that. And stories like yours will make them open more to the possibility that something else is going on. 
Well, I, I hope so. Um, I'll give you another example with coins. So Joanne Kelly lost her husband, Jimmy Kelly, a wonderful guy who worked with my husband. And Joanne had all sorts of things happen. You know, I document them in, in messages in my book. Um, and one of the things is that Kells would, in her, in her view, leave her dimes as a method of communicating with her. And she'd find them in the weirdest places. And actually, when I interviewed her at her house, a dime flew out of nowhere and landed on the floor next to me. And it was, it was this, just the series of events that led up to it were, were very unusual. So I paid notion to that. Um, so she uh, is visiting her accountant. And they're all in a meeting in a conference room sitting around a table. And um, she's telling the story of the dimes. And there's clearly one person there who is, you know, not a believer in this. And he says, you know, I'm going to go get sodas, soda machine, does anyone want anything? And people place their orders. And he goes out, and the soda machine is right there by the door. And he puts in his whatever quarters, let's say. And uh, no soda comes out, but about 10 dimes came out. (laughs) And he was blown away. So there you go, (laughs) you know. Sometimes you know, I, these things are very humorous. Oh, you know, the, the funny ones also get people's attention because they're so dramatic. They don't, they don't fit. And I, I have not had uh, coincidences involving coins, and I just had to start thinking that does does your being having been in the financial services industry have anything to do with the predisposition to to be involved with coins? No, because my, my other. Uh, more powerful coincidences involve nature. Yes. Um, and so uh, if you'd like to hear a, two short ones. Um, we have about a minute left in this, in this segment, so let's do one of them and continue with the next. Okay. The, um, the morning after September 11th, when we didn't know where Eamon was, we had posted his name and picture on the missing signs in New York City, and you know, there's a lot of activity going on. Everyone was going through the same kind of thing. Um, I stepped out my door. It was probably around 6.30 in the morning, 7 in the morning. And I just kind of yelled out um, in this bucolic setting uh, where we lived, you know, Eamon, please tell me where you are. And it was a very still morning. And all of a sudden, the trees on the left side of my driveway that sort of framed the entrance started to blow. And they blew stronger and stronger. And I actually watched a river of wind form in those branches and ripple through the other bushes down um, to the the trees that were lower below and across the blades of grass and sort of whimsically played with my skirt and then stopped. And let's stop right, let's stop with this because we're at the end of this segment and we will start with the wind uh, and your skirt. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence, your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Our guest is Bonnie McEnany. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the Exxon? 
Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back to CC with BB. Our guest today is Bonnie McEnany, who is the author of Messages, Signs, Visits, and Premonitions from Loved Ones Lost on 9-11. And Bonnie, you were describing the wind through the tree, maybe even emanating from the tree, uh, moving your skirt, and then what happened? It stopped, and it was as still as when I first stepped out that door. Um, you know, someone might say, oh, it was just a breeze. It wasn't just a breeze. It wasn't coming from anywhere else. It actually emerged from the tree, as you described it, blew the branches, and you could kind of see the pattern of it. It, it was just the strangest thing I've ever witnessed, where it came down. Um, if you think of how heat emanates from asphalt, 
yeah, in yeah. the summer, and it blurs. It was almost that kind of flowing uh-huh. image that came through the plants across the tops of the flowers, and then this pattern across the grass, and just blew my skirt gently and stopped. But it was the before and after. It was equally still, equally peaceful. Um, you know, this was at a house where you know the, the, there's a, you know a lot of land between the homes. Um, so it's a very, very, very much a bucolic natural setting. Uh, and you know, what I realized after that occurred was that he was gone and, um, there was no reason to even doubt it. Um, I had people, you know, so many people in my house, family members and great friends, you know, making phone calls and other things. And they started up at the crack of dawn and there were some already there beginning the, the morning. And, you know, we were searching for him, trying to follow every clue, every rumor. And I went in and I said, we should stop because he's gone. And that was the message. I feel your sadness still, Bonnie, um, as, you, as you talk about this. You um, know, it's, it's the sadness for everybody. I mean, you know, for the children who lost parents for the spouses who lost their loved ones, for the parents who lost children, it's sadness for everyone. And you've, and you've taken that sadness on in trying to make something beneficial from it. And one of the, one of the benefits that you are doing, and you speak so clearly uh, with such uh, understanding of what has happened, that I think what, what, these events have done for you and certainly coincidences do it for me is have me recognize our interconnectedness with the natural world rather than just thinking that we're the only ones humans are the supreme and only thing that everything must must bow down to that these are natural creatures too uh, and particularly with trees with whom I have a continuing relationship yeah, you know, nature is a powerful force. Think of think of how it works. Um, you know, it's God's creation. It's it's just a magical, wonderful, powerful force. But then the simplest, most beautiful elements of nature can also contribute to this whole theme, such as birds. And I remind you of a story of um, a young young boy who lost his mother um, on 9/11. And he was in a packed cathedral giving a eulogy for her. And right in the middle of the eulogy, a little bird flew down from the rafters and landed on his shoulder. And, of course, everybody, you know, was just shocked by that, um, observing this and the power of the spiritual presence. Um, And he knew that that was his mother connecting with him. Um, You know, I had an... And, and I love that. I love that story because um, uh, I had one told to me about a woman who uh, lost her infant at age at five days, and she was at a at a pit brunch outdoors uh, around that, a little afterwards, and a, and a baby, a tiny bird, landed on her breast and would not go away; it just stayed oh. there just stayed there and just stayed there it just stayed there and then finally she shooed the bird away and with that at least a good part of her grief uh, disappeared 
Well, that's a perfect example of what I talk about. And let, let's let's discuss grief for a minute, bere- the bereavement process. You know, in our society, we are told time will heal. Um, you can go to therapy, group therapy, whatever you need. You can, you know, t- do whatever you have to do. But that pain can be unbearable and it can be crippling. And just thinking that time w- will heal and the and accepting the fact the person is gone is not easy for many people. No. Um, and so what a, what if you say, well, the person really isn't gone. They've just transformed. They've crossed over. Because you love them, you will always be connected with them. And through means that we don't understand from time to time, they will communicate with you through signs, through other, other means, that just to let you know that they're in a better place they're looking out for you. Um, it, it, you know, if someone is your mother, they're always your mother. And just because you don't see them anymore doesn't mean they stop being your mother or your child or your spouse or your sister or your brother. So when individuals have experiences like you are a woman with the bird on her pocket who went through obviously a devastating experience losing that child, you know, the fact she now believes that perhaps that child is okay and has communicated with her it will lift her from the abyss i hope that she's been in it was a step in the grieving process and, and i i've mentioned to you that uh, a psychiatrist friend of mine has done a lot of work with with grief she has developed a form of therapy she lives in new york city a form yeah. of of therapy that is to help alleviate the grief in people who have lost loved ones. And I've tried to connect her with you now a couple of times by sending her uh, a link to your documentary uh, as well as a link to your book. And I have not heard from her. I've talked with her about coincidences and she was very interested in it. But I, I wonder how she could somehow also add, because she's, she's very open to a lot of things, add what you're what you're bringing to the world uh, about grief. I wonder if, I I don't know how to pursue that any further with her. Perhaps I'll just contact her. Contact (laughs) her if I give me the contact information. Let's, let's do that. Now let's go, let's go back to, um, to more nature uh, stories um, because uh, you've had a bunch of them. Uh, uh, One of them in your documentary is a woman driving along and seeing water uh, spurting up into the air. Uh, you have a photograph in your book of a four-year-old girl having a beam of light on her. These are remarkable uh, stories that the people report or even have seen. You can see it on that f- photograph in your book. What other kinds of stories are there? And we want to get into um, more of the nature of grief and also some understanding of how these things happen. Well, uh, there's so many different stories. When when you, you know, in addition to coins and and birds, um, you know, I I think about and the and the phenomenon of nature. You you mentioned specifically the the little uh, sort of spurts of water that were occurring when the woman was driving by. That was Allison Crother and her son Wells Crother was uh, the man in the red bandana who's been written about. He was a young boy that. Young, well, not so young, I suppose, but um, a younger uh, boy that was um, working at, um, I forget which brokerage house, but he wanted to be uh, a member of the 
uh, FDNY, the fire department of the city of New York. He was a volunteer firefighter. That's what he really loved, but he was doing his work in the brokerage firm. And when 9-11 happened, he actually saved a number of lives and then died himself. But prior to, he had uh, some, again, this sense of anxiety, something he wrote um, indicated he was sort of concerned about his, his life. Um, and his mother had, uh, had a premonition, um, I believe it was the morning of 9-11, driving by that, that base of water, I think it was a reservoir, and experiencing the, the strange patterns of the water, and she had a sense of foreboding herself. So that's on more on the premonition side. Um, on the nature side, I can tell you the story of the blue heron. Yeah, yeah. So uh, herons, blue herons, were always uh, very special to my father, who has passed away, and my husband. And um, my parents had a home in Florida, and there was a blue heron that used to always be in front of their house. They were on the water. And one Christmas, my husband bought my father a crystal replica of a blue heron and just a very special bird. And so uh, in February of 2000, I'm trying to remember now, 2002, um, so many months after uh, September 11th, um, uh, I was at a 9-11 meeting in a neighboring town. It was a very cold, wintry day, the snow and ice and wind blowing. And there was a knock at the door, and it was my pastor and the head of our police department in my town. And they came to tell me that they had found my husband's remains. And so I was in shock, and I went with the pastor uh, in his car. He was going to drive me home, and he took a detour into our local cemetery. We only have one in our town, very beautiful place. And as I mentioned, the weather was just, you know, really, really the sort of uh, uh, typical winter's day, so to speak. And just as we drove in the cemetery, this huge bird flew down from the sky and landed in front of our car, and it was a great blue heron. Yeah. And, yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, the, the Pulse Massacre uh, in Florida, uh, 49 people died, and uh, somebody took a photograph uh, of birds flying over the, the funeral, and there were 49 birds there. There's something about birds trying to tell us something. Are they, are they like butterfly souls? Are they connected to us? We've coming to the end of this segment. You are listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. And our guest is Bonnie McEnany, author of Messages. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. 
You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. The concept of a new age has been around since the late 19th century, yet much of its original meaning has been lost. What exactly is the new age? Is it a religion, a collection of obscure esoteric practices, a series of doomsday predictions, or an astrological event? The New Age Chronicles is a unique, complimentary publication bringing reason and grounded information to separate fact from fiction. Chock full of valuable information to support you as we make the monumental shift into the new era. You won't want to miss a single innovative issue. The New Age Chronicles newspaper is coming soon to www.newagechronicles.com. Welcome back to CC with BB, and our guest today is Bonnie McEnany, author of Messages, Signs, Visits, and Premonitions from Loved Ones Lost on 9-11. You've had a, this is a bestseller, Bonnie, you've had a, a documentary on A&E um, about this book, with with this book, and you're planning a screenplay. So you, you have a, a wonderfully large view of what those experiences and your experience with them can do out there in the world. Tell us about the impact uh, what you're doing is having. Well, I, I think uh, going back to some of the things we already talked about, you know, the, the, the bereavement process and um, how many people just can't seem to get through it. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's, as we know, we will all experience grief. We, many of us have experienced multiple times. I mean, it all, it all depends on, on uh, numerous factors on when you lose a loved one or a friend or whatever. Uh, but the one uh, thing that's clear is it's a difficult process. And when you start to look at it differently, and if you can embrace some of the things we've discussed on um Retaining that connection with the person who passed on uh, by um, having an experience that indicates to you that you've received a message from them um, can be one of the most uh, rehabilitating uh, things that happen along the process, getting you out of the darkness into the light, so to speak. And, and that is a, that feeling is a love 
love connects. Love connects despite the fact of death. Yeah, well, the two most powerful forces, time and love, they're both invisible. And love, uh, which is really more the the focus of, of this conversation, is what keeps us connected forever. Um, regardless if we can see that person or not when they pass on, that love keeps us connected. And uh, that's what I think an individual needs to know when they lose a loved one, as opposed to the fact that they're, or the belief that they're gone forever and trying to wrap their human minds around that concept, which is extremely difficult to do. Uh, Because? Well, um, because the loss itself is so devastating. You know, you you lose someone that you love very much. They're no longer in your life. Uh, You know, to try to achieve balance again is not easy. I mean, you know, we, we all have to do it, and you know, we do our best. But if there's another way, another tool that will help us um, regain our normal life after a devastating loss, um, we should embrace it. And in this case, I think just being open to the notion that you might still be connected to that person, I have found through all my interviews has been incredibly positive for um for individuals who've experienced losses. In order to accept that feeling of love with still continuing with the departed person, the people have to put that in a broader context usually. And that gets us to somehow trying to explain the events that you're describing. Yeah. um, And I also say some things we just can't explain. Uh-huh. You know, we always want to know the reason for why something happened. That's just that's, that's know, us. unnatural. Yeah, and it's just the way things are. But some things we just can't explain. So it's up to the individual whether or not they want to accept that scenario they can't explain or not. And I guess what we're talking about is if something happens that leads them to believe that they've received a message or you know, the, the, the coincidence, the synchronistic event um, that might guide them, give them a clue on a direction they need to take or reinforce something that they're trying to do, um, we have a choice. We can either fight it and say, oh, no, it's just, you know, a random event, or we can say maybe. And, you know, this conversation is not trying to convince anyone of anything. It's just saying, this is the evidence. You can choose to believe what you, what you want. They, and one way to do that is if there is a clue to something, something someone might need to do, and they follow that clue, that can be evidence that there's something else going on. That's right. That's so you, exactly right. So you, we're, we're suggesting that people test out the idea that there can be communications, there can be messages, not only from directly from departed loved ones, but from, from nature around us in other parts of our lives. That's, that's exactly right. And, you know, if you feel better as a result of your experience, what's wrong with that? well that's right well i do that with drugs which sometimes i give people (laughs) they feel better that's (laughs) that's good (laughs) i 
I like it better when I, when I can do it in psychotherapy. But if they're feeling better, that's because that's what I ask them. That's what all of us really want is that feeling of well-being or get some feeling of well-being. It's, it's a goal for us humans. Uh, and coincidences uh, like the ones you're describing and ones outside of the grieving process can be helpful uh, in doing that. And I, I remain curious about how things work. And so I, I like to uh, gather explanations. And you do have some form of explanation gathering in your mind. I can hear it. It's just not complete and never will be. But we can make incremental steps towards understanding this phenomenon, or at least trying to. Yeah, well, let's go back to this notion of premonitions. Um, okay. Abe Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln dreamt that someone was lying in state in the East Room of the White House, and he asked a soldier, who is that? And the soldier replied, it's the president. Um, this was days before he was assassinated. You know, Caesar was told by a soothsayer, beware the Ides of March, and his wife dreamt that he was lying in, in blood the night before his death. Um so these kinds of premonitions, these dreams that have predicted uh, something have, have occurred, you know, throughout history. We know that. Um, so, you know, individuals before 9-11, the feelings of anxiety, the dreams, there are a number of people who dreamt. Um, one individual dreamt a jet flew into a building, not the trade center where he worked, but he woke up, he was very disturbed. Um, that was the summer of 2001. Um, someone else had a dream the, the night before. There were I mean, the, the, this activity was going on. Uh, what was it? I don't know, but it was going on. So it's something because it didn't just happen to one person; it happened to multiple people. Well, you um, you, meant, you mentioned earlier that uh, that time is another variable that uh, we that doesn't you can't see, but is still part of this. So tell us about your ideas of time now. Well, time is precious, right? I mean, <laughs> time is, is a non-renewable commodity, um, it, right? It is a gift, and we waste it. We waste it. So, you know, every day I wake up and I thank God for today, um, and, you know, I hope to maybe do something beneficial with my day. Um, all of this this type of work and the screenplay that we're working on now, you know, to, to sort of potentially... Uh, share these views with a broader audience um, are meant to help people, you know, to give them ideas through example, through evidence that could ultimately allow them to improve their own lives when they go through something devastating. So, you know, time is, a, is, is invisible, just like love, and they're both equally powerful. Um, but we, love, yeah. love is, you know, the theme of really this conversation. Uh, love is the underlying uh, lots of conversations, and I'm fascinated with the different kinds of love we can experience with people. It's still love, but in different forms. And, and to be able to love multiple people in multiple variations that love implies and has within it is part of what I am also trying to do with the time that I have. Yes, I think you're doing fantastic work. And I really encourage this. I think it's breakthrough. I think, you know, Young began uh, the, the, the sort of further development of synchronicity and what that meant, but you're carrying on sort of as the modern Young. And I, I'm just very thrilled with what you're trying to achieve here because 
it's something that happens to everyone. We don't understand it. And as I said, we can choose to acknowledge or ignore. Um, but, you know, even, you know, you think of somebody and the phone rings and there they are. Or, you know, uh, somebody told me a story where, um, you know, they were in their car and they stopped the car because they had this feeling they had to stop the car. And right at that moment, another car came flying across if they had, you know, been traveling at maybe three or five miles faster, that car would have rammed on the side. They wouldn't have seen it. You know, these kinds of events, um, you know, follow your intuition. You know, you're, you're getting messages. You're getting clues through your intuition of what action you should or shouldn't take. Um, we are all capable of, of receiving this information and acting on it if we choose to. Uh, developing intuition is a big part of what we're talking about as you're as you're mentioning it here being able to look for inner guidance and I, I've spoken with uh, other people who try to help people develop their intuition it it isn't as simple as saying follow your intuition because sometimes that in that those internal um, impulses or or urges aren't in your best interest but we can we can leave that for another time as we come back to, uh, come to the end of this show. But co synchronicity coincidences are a way of helping us develop that intuition, uh, our own in intuition, and make sense out of it by testing it out, by testing out our, our inner promptings. Bonnie, it's been a delight talking with you, and I want to continue our conversation. Thank you so much, Bernie. You are, you've been listening to, you're welcome, Bonnie. You are listening, to, you've been listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Bernie Beitman, MD, and our host, and our guest has been Bonnie McEnany. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. 
For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.